With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Tuesday, February 20th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, we've made it. Uh, the NBA All-Star break is almost over, and we have the big kahuna in front of us on Tuesday night. Are you ready for a $200,000 to first place contest and a $50,000 to first place a smaller contest if you're not in the uh, 555? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, um, you know, I'll, I'll be as ready as I, uh, I'll ever be, you know, let's just let's get after it. I mean, I've been saving up all my DFS luck for this slate um, and it's all going to come together. The betting is getting back on track. I mean, Monday, a bit of a blip in the radar, although I tweeted out three times, I think today that it was Sunday on Monday um, because I was president's day and I didn't work. So I still am like out of it that it's even going to be Tuesday tomorrow. But yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to take a slate. I think I'm ready to win one. Why yeah, not? I not thought busy. I thought I was gonna win one here on uh on Monday. Um it's not over yet, you know. Uh Calvin DeHaan could go for a hat trick still. Um, but this Minnesota one thing was I mean absolutely incredible. Um yeah. you know, it, it not really worth much diving into. I will have a write-up of the slate though on my newsletter. Um in review. I also had a write-up pre-slate uh for the Monday slate. It was a very interesting and just you know, chaotic slate given the start times and how different everything was. Um, so hopefully the people enjoyed that. I was stunned to see how many like Twitter clicks I got from it. So thank you to everyone who checked that out. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was you know obviously worth the effort when you finish top 10 in a uh, 1300 person contest, uh, but unfortunately, you know, didn't quite have it uh, to get to the top, um, you know, about 30 points shy still, which uh, is pretty crazy to think about when, you know, Minnesota one goes for, I mean, they went for 120, I think combined. And I had Wyatt Johnson and Thomas Harley who each mega smashed for their salaries. Um, but you know, just, just one of those slates where if you didn't play Zuccarello with Minnesota one, um, that that's what, you know, that's what beat me. So it happens. Four hat tricks, Monaghan, uh, I'm Eric Sinek, JT Miller, and Kaprizov. Kaprizov, too. Yeah, okay. It was probably yeah. one of my wild thing, right? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, insane slate. Really was pretty wild. Um, yeah. I I went incorrectly. I, I did actually, like, look at Minnesota 1 at one point. I just ended up not getting off of it. And, um, 
that was definitely, I mean, it got there. I, I, that game just kind of made me angry. So I ended up just fading yeah. it. Um, you can, you okay, can almost see, pull, pull um, over yeah, it's a, you can almost see that, uh, let's see, the, whatever, uh, this, you can almost see where, you know, I wrote up the slate. You can see my newsletter here, the screen share and whatnot. Um, and at the very end, my slate thoughts, you know, I wrote like a few bullets and then the very last one, min one question mark. And I think it was just sticking with me. Like, yeah, like I just played Winnipeg against this Vancouver team in the exact same situation where they put their three best players together in mega smash Vancouver. I never would have expected this to come, but you know, it was really cool to actually have stuff work out, which, you know, didn't work out in a huge way, obviously with, you know, probably going to wind up like seven or 10 Xing. Um, but in any case, you know, it's nice to have something go, get something go your way for once in a season that's felt like, uh, it's not been very good. Uh, well, I know it's not been very good and it's felt pretty awful. So, um, we do have eight games though. I don't want to keep, uh, delaying things. So let's get to talking about these eight games. Um, there is a $25, uh, satellite or qualifier in the lobby. So if you're one of those people that has been like collecting those tickets, um, this is probably your only chance to use them. I don't even, I, I'm guessing they have had tickets at the $1 and $2 buy-ins for this. Um, so just make sure you don't miss that contest because, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll like the last. yeah. So. it's gonna be the last 25 too, right? Do you think? I would imagine so. They could yeah. do something the week before, but I doubt it. Like, yeah, it seems unlikely. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll run us through the games quick. We have uh, Ottawa on a back to back, a road back to back. They're going to be going from Tampa to Florida. Um, Florida's minus 250, pretty big favorite. They've been absolutely scorching hot. Six and a half minus 135. And like I mentioned, that's a back to back to Ottawa. Um, Dallas is on a back to back at the Rangers. Rangers coming off of that unbelievable come from behind outdoor you know, stadium series classic against the Islanders. Uh, that I mean, that was a smashing success. You know, we can maybe just talk about that for a second if we want, but um, not really too much. I Maybe we're just good. I mean, it was an amazing game. Um, Dallas on a back-to-back, like I said, in New York. Um, the next one, yeah, the Islanders had the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, I mean, everything was perfect for the Penguins on Yager night other than winning against the LA Kings. Now, you know, the Islanders, everything was perfect for them on that stadium series game, except for finishing it off and getting the win. They, you know, they looked pretty good offensively. And honestly, I think they're how you deserved uh, the win with how well they played early. But Pittsburgh minus 142, it's a five and a half. One of, uh, I think it is, yeah, the lowest total on the slate. We have the New Jersey Devils at the Washington Capitals. Um, while New Jersey gets healthier, Washington gets a little bit. Wait, oh, yeah, let me think about this. Yeah, Washington is going to be without Ferrari, and New Jersey is likely going to have Marino back. We'll get to that. Uh, minus one or yeah, minus one seventy plus one forty two, but minus one seventy on the Devils, uh, six and a half over under. Next, we have the slate winning Minnesota Wild going to the previous, as Matt mentioned, Winnipeg Jets. I guess if you play Vancouver, then you can play each other for you know whatever that is the being better than Vancouver trophy. Um, Winnipeg, or what we'll call it, round two of the playoffs. Uh, Winnipeg minus one sixty two favorites. Uh, wild, like I just I mean, I, I said it seven times, going off and of, you know bad ten goals. It's really going to be hard to not have noticed that. But six over under plus a hundred on that. Um, I don't know. The Wild can score, <laughs> yeah, a third of what they did. You could get there. Um, Vancouver, on the other hand, is going to Colorado to take on the Avalanche. Minus one forty eight favorite Avalanche. Uh, minus one fifteen on that over under. So, you know, if you liked 
line one for Vancouver. Or, uh, oh my God. If you liked line one for Winnipeg and you liked what line one for Minnesota, you could like line one for Colorado. They've been known to do well. Uh, last two games, Nashville at Vegas. Biggest news here, Shea Theodore, very likely to be back into the fold. He was activated off IR and did not play on Monday. Minus 142 favorites for the Golden Knights. And last, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets at the LA Kings. Kings minus 258 favorites, six and a half over under. Um, yeah, I think that covered. There's obviously a lot of news and knows. Victor Arvids is back. I mean, that's the big news there for me. Um, but we'll get through everything in all the games. Anything you wanted to say before we got going? Uh, no, nothing off the top. I, I think, um, you know, I think everything we, we can cover afterwards. So let's just, uh, do our ad read for, uh, the sponsor of the show, DraftKings. Um, you know, you, if, if you are betting on DraftKings, you really should be in the daily fantasy uh, space. Um, but you know, this is ad readers for the sports book. So maybe, uh, dabble in both if, if you're so inclined. Uh, we know hockey games too fast, both DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports winning partner of the NHL. You can score faster than anything happening on the ice this week. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just five bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem with a 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please bear responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario, see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Okay, so yes, DraftKings is sponsoring this show. We are talking about literally the largest daily fantasy contest I think that has ever been contested in the NHL lobby. I do not believe the live finals have had 200,000 to first place with a million dollar total prize pool. Um, it, it will have a million total this year. So technically, you know, the, like the, the upcoming also is the tied largest, but this is the largest, I believe in the history. So, you know, it's kind of cool. We're, we're a part of history, DJ. Um, but that does change strategy a little bit, you know, especially for the higher uh, level you know higher dollar players were used to um you know having a max of like 300 people you know 300 entries were competing against for these top prizes like this is literally you know five times that size um so just keep that in mind you know it'll make things a bit more important from a stacking standpoint from just the correlations and everything else um so yeah and obviously uh there's going to be a lot of fresh money out there so you know people not paying attention not tracking late news things like that so um anyway let's let's get into things um you know off the top i imagine new jersey is going to be pretty popular um they are uh yeah let me just find them on my sheet here yeah they're minus 170 favorites um florida maybe the other chalky spot though they're obviously a bit more expensive across the board than new jersey is um and then Colorado probably gets there, and LA. I don't know. Is there anywhere else where you're thinking, um, you know, ownership's going to come in heavy here? Mm, that yeah, it is funny because that, there really isn't any absolute stone cold obvious, obvious, obvious spot other than, in my opinion, the Devils. 
I could see, I think you kind of named most of them. Um, other than that, I wonder if LA doesn't get a touch of steam, but it's going to be spread out just because LA kind of is rolling three lines um, that at least two of them, I feel like are definitely in play. Uh, they did change things up in the third period and it worked very successfully for them. So I have to assume they're going to go back to that. Uh, yeah, we, we'll get to that when we get to it. But yeah, I think that's the only other one. But I mean, the only thing I'll you know really say on the beginning note, um, and, and you can agree or disagree, and you know more than I do about this stuff. But uh, on the other hand, of just you know the bigger contest, the more people that are going to be involved. But trying to think of who these people are that are going to fill all of that extra, you know, the five x times the field in the high stakes stuff, and the majority of them are probably people coming in from other sports, whether they just. You know, they always basically put in the same amount every night and they're just like, whatever, I'll go to my favorite optimizer and I'll click submit and I'll make a couple tweaks and I'll send it right in. So does that change anything for you? Just knowing that the field you're in in a 555 like that is probably going to be much more uh, tethered to their optimizers or is that something you're doing? Um, like, again, if you have these optimizers and you're using them, are you maybe getting away from them as leverage a bit more? Yeah, Generally speaking, I'm not usually building lineups in a way that's going to really overlap with the optimizer bro portion of uh, the population. So I just kind of let them have their space. And if they want to rotate in, you know, the, the fourth line of the Florida Panthers, you know, by all means, go right on ahead. Like that's the sort of stuff that we tend to get more of, especially in like the, yeah, it's a $20 contest for 50K to first, but like those types of lineups, I'll just never really be playing. I think I am more likely to build four or five man type lineups. Um, if if I were playing on such a huge slate of this, you know, of this regard, um, mostly, you know, mostly in an effort to capture exactly what happened today from Minnesota, where you know the, <laughs> uh, the power play mega nuked and that brought along Zuccarello, like with the three main guys. So things like that are certainly things I'm thinking about, but I don't really think I'm changing much besides potentially maybe overreacting to later news um you know things that the projection systems optimizers aren't capturing properly like if they're projecting shea theodore to not play up until like six o'clock then i'll probably just play shea theodore you know if i wasn't going to already because you know most of the field is going to set it and quote unquote forget it unless a guy gets ruled out of their lineup like not really building in like late swaps and other sort of strategy components like that um so yeah, I mean, I guess all that to say, not a ton is changing for me, but it does make this, you know, this slate very important because obviously a good night here could frame your entire season in a way that, you know, a random Wednesday night or even a random Thursday night really can't um, given the size of the top prizes here. So let's start things off with Ottawa and Florida. Uh, anything you have on this one? I mean, I'd, obviously it's going to be very obvious to take a look at Florida and try to figure it out it's not astronomic um which is probably the easiest way that you know the, re- the reason why i think it's gonna be popular is because it is affordable enough to put in what you want and probably still stack elsewhere um there is probably a pretty clear five-man unit you could take a look into because of the power play um you know i think if you're stacking through the florida power play and you're not including sam reinhardt you have completely missed the plot so you know, if that is something you just listen to Matt say that and you're know, thinking, well, well, how do I get different with Florida? It's, you know, Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt, and then you just obviously add in Matt the Chuck. Um, it was Montour still on the top unit. We didn't have Ekblad last game for Florida. 
I believe that is is he's expected to play. Uh, you know, barring any changes, I, I it's about ninety nine percent. So yeah, that's the five man. Um, lastly, Sam Bennett out there. I'm guessing because Matt didn't play him. So, um, you know, is there any interest in the you know Florida two Bennett the Chuck Cousins situation, or are you just absolutely sticking to the Verhage bill that's um, going that route? No, I. So I'm going to be strongly, you know, I don't, I honestly don't know that I can get to the Florida top line just based on their prices, like 21, you know, over 21,000 for those guys. Obviously they're all very good, but um, I do, you know, I do agree ownership will be somewhat high and yeah, they have a ceiling, but they also really don't offer that much by way of a floor. And what you get by stacking other lines is just some desperately needed value, in my opinion, to attack elsewhere on the slate where, um you know i have i have a lot of interest in other uh, places and so first on the list obviously is matthew kachuk you know he's been incredible uh, the engine that really makes his team go um but he is paired with sam bennett you know sure whatever if you don't play sam bennett go ahead i i'm a little bit like yeah you know maybe not um but nick cousins remains at 2500 and i understand nick cousins isn't playing you know nearly enough to be uh like in play as a one-off type play um, but pretty much whenever Nick Cousins is on the ice, Matthew Kachuk is also on the ice. And for 2,500, I mean, you're not asking for a ton. And Cousins is getting pucks on goal. Um, you know, he's he's capable of putting up a decent night. Um, and I think he has upside in a way that not a lot of punts do. So getting that obvious correlation to Kachuk, when Kachuk is likely to be paired with like Barkov, Montour type power play stacks, um, I think that's a really interesting way. And then even further down the board, you know, I'm reading... Uh, the practice report where Paul Maurice is gushing about Evan Rodriguez and um, Anton, Lundell. Uh, Anton Lundell and Luis Reinen. I mean, these guys are obnoxiously inexpensive and they still get the, you know, they reap the rewards of a solid matchup with a back-to-back on the road Ottawa team that can't stop a beach ball on, you know, uh, a handful of nights. <laughs> um, so I think across the board, I'm interested in Florida and because the field is likely to make its way to an expensive Barkov line, I, I think I'm more interested in sort of playing with some of the punts down in the second and third lines with Matthew Kachuk obviously standing out as well from a uh, projection standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's the, the Chuck Bowl. So, I mean, you get the added narrative built in of him playing against his brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, it's Florida probably or bust here. I, I continue to not want to bet or stack or do anything against Florida. Um, I actually convinced myself not to take Kucherov for shots, which did hit last late, but they won nine to two. So at some point they just, I, I mean, it, and he had like one shot going into the third. So at some point I think they just called off the dogs entirely. Um, I get it for sure. And then because of that nine goal output, maybe some people will be more inclined. Uh, they might pop a touch more for whatever reason. I do agree though. The thesis of this game for me is I'm probably not touching it at all. Um, but it's really Florida or nothing. So maybe I come back on that. Maybe I don't. I don't think they're my, you know, price considered a top, you know, two, one, two, three. Like they might be right in that four or five range for me. So we can move on. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything you want to touch on. Oh, I guess there might go touch on Ottawa. Pinto was up with Brady on the top line. So that should be top line, top power play. They are up on Tampa as we're talking about this right now. Um, you know, that that is of note. Uh, I didn't see the power play at this point, but I could check i'm not sure if you saw it the right? the power plays should be the exact same as what they have okay, been I, I um, thought so. which is just you know it's it's a little bit concerning because 
you know, like Kachuk and Stutz are on separate units. Like there's really no guarantee of which one's their quote unquote top unit. Um, and yeah, the matchup against Florida is just brutal. You know, I'm not that interested in attacking it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, just, I mean, look at, look at Shane Pinto's price. Like I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, I said that as if Shane Pinto was like a savings off of Norris and he's so yeah, much more expensive. He's like 900 more. Uh, not yeah, even close. Yeah. So just yeah. not interested in anything to do with Ottawa. They're, they're just sure. not very good. They're in a terrible spot, you know, everything wise. And yeah. Um, yeah. Over no. to the uh, maybe a one-off Jake Sanderson. That, like that's, that's it. If you're looking for a D-man, but uh, Dallas Rangers, uh, unless yeah. you had anything else. No, no, no. Let's do it. I mean, I'll, Yes, I'll just kick it right off. It is Dallas on the back-to-back, road back-to-back, coming off a kind of a tough, disappointing loss in Boston where it seemed like they had the game and could have won Matt more money and, and, and potentially me more money if I also played Jake Ottinger uh, and just fell apart. Now they were 11 and – no, they weren't. They were – they, they were 11, they were 11 and 6. 11 and 6, right? Okay. Oh, you can talk now. So, yeah, so so the, so Dallas uh, does not have – Akinpah or Niels Lundqvist on the trip with them uh, due to injury. Mira Heiskin was also not with the team. He was home, uh, I assume that means Dallas, uh, with his uh, wife, I believe, who he had, he had a kid, you know, whether it's a wife or partner or whatever. Um, so we don't know if he's like flying to meet the team on Tuesday. Uh, we didn't get any word post game of like, you know, how long we should expect them to be out. Um, so we might need to play that down to the wire. Now this is a seven o'clock start, but without uh, Miro Heiskin in the lineup, obviously Thomas Harley played a ton, took over top power play, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we introduced both Derek Pouliot and um, Alex Petrovic. Uh, that is the Alex Petrovic who was protected in the expansion drafts and led to the uh, formation of the uh, Golden Misfits. Uh, fun fact. So. Uh, let's see. Are they both on the slate? They are not on the slate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So neither of those guys make the slate, so it doesn't really matter. But Pouliot did pick up secondary power play time. Um, and otherwise, if the lineup stays as is, Ryan Suter played 23 minutes to Harley's 30 and Lindell's 26. So Ryan Suter, you know, obviously is of interest at just 2,500. Um, the other big news is that Matt Duchesne missed the game, very last-minute scratch uh, due to a lower body injury. Um, I imagine they will be able to call up a forward and get them to New York in time to play should Duchesne not be ready to go. Um, but, you know, you got to keep an eye out because there could be uh, there could be cap nonsense. I believe they're fine with LTIR and everything else um, that they have going on. But this is a very fluid situation. Their loss was very tough against Boston, but they absolutely dominated this game. Um, so there's no reason for concern here. I really like this spot for Dallas. Um, you know, the top line yeah. remains super inexpensive and Wyatt Johnston had an absolute, I mean, you know, this whole season has been a coming out party last season too, but he was everywhere in this game, basically taking over for Duchesne as like their, you know, secondary scoring option. Yeah, I mean, they had four expected goals per hockey viz against Boston. I mean, yeah, they gave up 3.8, but that just kind of, you know, it's like you three, you see three to four in this one, and you yep. might be thinking, man, like this this looks like an under on paper, but no, it wasn't at all. It was absolutely should have gone more than this probably. And um, 
Wyatt Johnson had, I'm not going to count it, but I think he had nine shots on goal and he had four more, uh, five more, not so whatever he had, he had five miss um, yeah. or blocked uh, in addition. So yes, um, Harley, also, you know, all the minutes in the world, you already fed it. I continue to stack around Dallas one multiple times and find all their secondary scoring to win the slates. And that happened again here, you know, uh, do I go back to Dallas one myself? I think I might. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the teams I actually was thinking like, you know what, S- screw it. Like this is the point where enough people, number one, are afraid of the Rangers for bad reasons. Number two, afraid of Dallas one, just kind of looking through the game logs or whatever. And the, the fact that they really haven't had any, you know, smash nights in recent memory. Um, will the optimizers pick up on this? I don't think so. And it's cheap enough, but expensive enough. You know, it's too cheap, but it's expensive enough. That's probably the right way to put it. Um, to a knock it chalky, but b still hope you get another prime prime stack. And so, uh, there are some stipulations to this, of course, and, and a lot of things that could change. And you know, I'll keep an eye on it. I don't think Miro coming back hurts it. Um, I you know, I, I think that helps. It might make it a little bit trickier to say. You know, you're gonna first off, you're gonna play the dad bump Miro Heiskin in versus Thomas Harley, et cetera. But I still think I'm on Dallas one here. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say that Heiskin doesn't play in this one because they're off until Friday after, uh, after, after Tuesday night. Um, so like that would make the most sense to me. Um, but you know, like, like I said, got to keep an eye on it. And just, I was pulling up uh, over the last 10 games, uh, the players with the most shots was blocks per game over that stretch. Uh, Jack Hughes, McKinnon, of course, you know, they're not even in the same conversation, but we get Cal McCarr, Zach Wierenski, Noah Dobson, Thomas Harley. I mean, that is some elite company to keep. Thomas Harley is just 5,000 here. There's absolutely no reason to, you know, to, to not consider Thomas Harley. And I, I think you just jam him. Um, on the Ranger side, you know, they really blended their lines uh, late in the game. Now, they iced a fourth line that basically didn't play. So, like, that's yep. a part of it. Um, but we do not really have much confidence in how they're going to deploy their top six forwards. They had Jimmy VC up there. That did not last. Um, you know, he got some shifts with them, but it really was a revolving door. Um, so, hopefully, we get a morning skate to iron those issues out. But most importantly, the power play should remain the same. Uh, with Trocek, Zvinijad, Panarin, Fox, and Kreider. Um, otherwise, I'm not really sure that Dallas is a team, even with all these injuries, that I really want to attack with the likes of, you know, uh, like my Alex Lafreniere takes and things like that. I just don't really think I'm getting there um, in this spot. So any interest in the Rangers? No, I, I uh, the thing is, is after watching that Rangers win, I, I made a little tweet about how they just, they, they really do have a knit factor to them. And I believe that they, you know, are a team that could be a force in the playoffs or whatnot. But then I kind of look through this team and kind of look through what happened again. And I'm like, they just have five forwards and everyone else kind of sucks. Are they mm-hmm. actually maybe going to miss Blake Wheeler, who I could not have been lower on? just because what that does to the roster, like he was bad. I had absolutely no interest in him being good. I, 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 okay, I never want to see a player get injured. And then, uh, you know, I, I have nothing against the guy. I'm sure he's a good guy. So it sucks to see, but oh, he, boy, I know he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I love him. I, I have, have no, no doubt. Of that. Yeah, yeah. I have no, I, again, like I, I know we had some jokes about that because people kept drafting him in the best buck and we, we don't need to relive that now. But mm-hmm. um, the, the point of all of this is to say that this team is no depth. 
And what Dallas has, as I just started by saying, is a ton of it because their depth keeps burying me when I take Dallas one. Um, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I like Dallas here. Um, you know, you could definitely even bet it. They're plus 120. Um, I don't know if that line's going to go up or down. I, I assume if, you know, Miro's still out, it might get better, so I might wait. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a spot that not many people are going to pick up on, which is why I'm yeah. ultra interested in it. Yeah, and you mentioned the depth for Dallas and the lack of depth for the Rangers. Maybe this is uh, mm-hmm. further evidence, you know, uh, where I'm showing – when you sort the slate by expected fantasy points per dollar, you know, just based on salary, um, Brendan Smith might not even play if uh, Marino and Siegenthaler both play. And then we have Tidal Andrea and Wyatt Johnston, two of the top four, you know, on the slate, just as far as getting shots on that, getting, you know, dangerous looks and primary assists and whatever, um, and block shots and sort of factoring mm-hmm. that into an expected fantasy point metric. And Tidal Andrea remains 2,500. And, you know, they only had 11 yeah. forwards. Um, but he played 16 minutes, he kills penalties, and he's alongside, you know, uh, Wyatt Johnson, who is just an all-world baller. So, uh, and. and a guy, you know, some guy, I don't know. All right, we have to at least mention Jamie Ben because he was top power play. He played with those two, and he is 3,400. Yeah, now, sorry. I am I, okay, okay, I am not, not the, you know, me, not a Jamie Ben defender, not <laughs> you know, and most women he's been with also will not defend him. Yeah, well. Um, it sounds like you're Good defending one. Jamie Ben here. I, I, I will reciprocate what he wants. Um, and, and if he ever comes to my aid, I would be happy to come to his, but no, I, I mean, again, like he's 34, like the point of all of this is if you're playing Delandria and you're playing Wyatt Johnson and you're not playing the first power play 3,400 Jamie Ben coming off a five shot on goal game. And, you know, it's like, what does he really need? I mean, 15.5 smashes his salary against Boston. And if you're saying that on this big of a slate and this night when you need the, the nuts that you're going with Philandra and Wyatt Johnson and you're like, mm, I'm not going to play Jamie Ben because I think he's bad. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I play plenty of bad hockey players on DFS slates. <laughs> I'm not drawing the line there personally, although I'm not playing that line because, because Jamie Ben is bad. I'm just going to say, screw that line. I'm playing the first line. So but okay. again, I'm not playing well, it, but like I'm if you I've been talking to Dallas, I would say actually two. Um, you know, I, I say I say go for it, but let's yeah, we can move on. All right. Um over to Pittsburgh hosting the Islanders. Um same deal with the uh, Rangers. We didn't get a practice from the Islanders. Uh, obviously they were on the losing end of that game, so everything could change. Um I don't know, news wise. Um, I'm not expecting anything, but you know, we could see weird stuff. So just stay tuned. Hopefully we get a morning skate there. Uh, this is a five and a half total. Uh, Pittsburgh's a slight favorite minus 142. So not anything really to, uh, to be too excited about. Um, you know, I, this is one of those five and a half where I look at it and I'm like, yep, uh, both the teams in the bottom half, the expected goals, they're really gross on paper. Okay, uh, maybe some values. And on the Pittsburgh side, we do have some of those uh, offered up to us. So, DJ, do you have Pittsburgh stuff up, or do you want me to just keep going? Go with the line. Give me the lines first, because you said they right, changed. So, um, so, Pittsburgh is keeping their top line of, uh, well, I guess, Pittsburgh is rolling out a top line without Jake Gensel of Sidney Crosby, uh, Brian Russ, and Ricard Raquel. Uh, and then they flipped around uh, I guess most everything in there, like middle six, uh, 
Jesse Pulley-Arvey went from either last game or two games ago playing alongside Evgeny Malkin to being a healthy scratch. Uh, in his place, though, is uh, Drew O'Connor and Matthew Phillips. Uh, that is the Washington, you know, waiver claim uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, was on Calgary for a while. Their AHL, like, super stud who led the AHL in scoring, like, every year and never got a look and, you know, whatever else. Um, but he's playing with Evgeny Malkin. Um, and then we have Riley Smith, Lars Eller, and Terry Pustinen, old friend of November or so. What's most interesting is that their power play units also got a little bit of a tweak with uh, Cindy Crosby, Lars Eller, uh, you know, basically Pittsburgh won Lars Eller and Eric Carlson, and then Malkin, Latang unit having Jeff Carter, Matthew Phillips, and Riley Smith. So Matthew Phillips is, uh, what? Yeah, he's 2,500. Evgeny Malkin is, I mean, it's about as cheap as we'll ever see Evgeny Malkin, 5,600. Like, this guy will play 20, 22, 23 minutes in situations that require it. He's not the player that he once was, but, you know, same thing as Ovi. The price keeps going down. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, Matthew Phillips is obviously one of those fun players where, like, if he just got a chance, and this feels like a pretty good chance, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, at least – playing around with lineups that feature Matthew Phillips and maybe like Malkin or, you know, Chris Letang and seeing what I can get out of it because this matchup's not great. Um, but we do know that the Islanders are, you know, not impervious to defensive letdowns. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be on full display. Um, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I, I, you know, I will actually also throw a line to Lars Eller. Um, just, you know, if you're going to be first power play, he's probably their best penalty killer as well. So not that his rates are to the moon and back, but, it isn't that he is incapable of having a five shot on goal, you know, three block oh, type geez. of game. Um, it's, it's unlikely. Of course, um, you know, Ricardo Bacall was also unlikely going into last late and he did it. So, you know, I, I think that there's enough value in this game that you have to give it a good look and maybe other people will just kind of exit out or not be interested. And I don't, you know, I, I, well, I agree with what you're saying that like pace wise, there isn't a metric ton here, it, it, both teams, you know, and I think the penguins just showed it to us. Uh, they're both very willing to just roll the top guys. Um, you know, four guys from the Penguins saw 22 minutes, and uh, that was Malkin, Russ, Raquel, Crosby. Three guys saw less than 10. Uh, the Islanders are, we've mentioned, I mean, everyone's mentioned it now. It's factored into everything with under Patrick Law. They're rolling the top guys. So while the end, but the savings is on Pittsburgh. You know, you already mentioned Phillips. We mentioned, um, you know, uh, Eller. I mean, you know, Raquel 4,200 is, playing with Crosby and like I just said, just double bonus and didn't get a point last game, but was right out there on the power play. Um, you know, the faith up was like one and he like waved it back to the defenseman and then he didn't touch it and the defenseman grabbed it and passed it shot goal. And it's like that one flip, I feel like maybe, you know, could have been something where it's like, Oh, you know, wait, this guy's top power play and he got a point in the top power play. Um, maybe, you know, maybe people just still won't pick up on it. Um, you know, double bonus guy. Yeah. Um, Sure. I, you just mentioned Lars Eller and I was poking around in some numbers and uh, Lars Eller is like shockingly, I guess I always had this sort of mindset of him being like a pass first playmaker type guy. And at five on five, he's really, you know, like obviously historically he's been a bit more shooty than I would have expected. Um, like our Alex Wenberg's are around like eight, nine, maybe 10 shot attempts per 60. And guys like, you know, Vetchkin Pasternak can push the range of, you know, 22 to 25 shots per 60 at five on five. Um, 
And so like 15.7 on this season so far is one, his best of his career, but he's getting unbelievably uh, good as far as the expected goals as well. Um, and I was, you know, I was showcasing how the uh, expected fantasy points also over the last 10 are really pointing towards him looking like a clear value. So that mixed with the role increase, I do like that um, a good bit. I'm yeah. just not sure, you know, like if Lars Eller smashes, do you want to play that with Sidney Crosby and Brian Russ and Ricardo Raquel? Like probably, but you know, uh, crazier things have happened. Like you said, he is a relied upon penalty killer and whatnot as well. So yeah. uh, certainly a lot of paths to success for Lars Eller as well. Anything else in this game that you want to talk talk about? Um, I mean, we at least you know the Islanders are in it in the game as well, and you know, I we don't know what the lineup's going to be, but it's you know it's going to be centered around Horvat, Barzell, and Nelson. For them, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not so expensive that I think it's completely incorrect to say that you're getting completely away from the fields, who I just do not think will be on the Islanders at all here. Um, mm-hmm and giving them a run uh but it's totally just a leverage type of play it's not wrong again i don't think it's inherently awful but it's you know there's a lot of money to be won and it's not the spot i think i'm going to put my dollars personally but i mean look at the chart here in front of us and you see four orange players popping up um you know dobson barzal al palmieri just continues to be a guy that has peak upside um just kind of feels like a guy that Every yeah, how did that games, work? As I mentioned, how yeah. did that work in the outdoor game? Fucker, you, you didn't show up. Did you play him? Yeah, I did. I finally played so, him. And got ask Matt if he's playing Kyle Palmieri. No, I I said it last time we talked about him. It's like every fourth slate. Uh, is this the fourth fourth okay. slate since he smashed last? Let me look. Nope, it'd be the okay. third slate. Okay, Unfortunately, so, Bruffs were one early on that. Yeah, so we're resting another another day for uh for. Kyle Palmieri night. But. Yeah, this this is All when right. he gets like a 10, or, a 10 or an 11, you know, an assist, yeah. four shots. You're like, ooh, that wasn't bad. And then the next one, 35. So yeah, we're going to wait one more. The main issue I have is that we're betting into a team that's going to have like a 2.5 implied team total. And trust me, I love to look at Vegas in the face and kick dirt in their face and spit on them and whatever else. Um, but I just don't really think there's any reason to, you know, I know better on uh, on that team total. And so we're paying, you know, uh, not bargaining prices on guys like Noah Dobson and Matthew Barzell. And so that that's the main reason I'm just like, yeah, just, just give me, give me away from here. There's really no values to speak of. Um, even, even old friends, uh, Ryan Pollock and Mike Riley, um, you know, they're 35 and 4,200, both manning the second power play unit. Um, like Pollock is just, I mean, four four shots six blocks in that outdoor game like that's that's awesome um the minutes are safe with him but 4200 i don't know you're probably just in a dead zone where it's like get up to a good power play defenseman or yeah. just pop it um so let's keep things going over to new jersey and washington uh you covered it pretty nicely new jersey's basically rounding into perfect health um wow. you know, guys returning uh Siegenthaler should be back in the lineup. John Marino missed practice, but he should play uh, based on what the coach is saying. Um, and Washington is losing one of their big guns in Ferrari. Or, sorry, in uh, Siegenthaler. No, wait, I had that right. No. Yeah, yeah. Siegenthaler used to be out in Washington. Yes, they're, they're the same dude. Revenge. They're the same dude. So. They're pretty much the same dude. That's a good point. Um, but anyway, 
Um, in that game, when he got hurt, you know, John Carlson picked up a ton of the slack, as did Nick Jensen does to a smaller extent. Um, but really, that's just, hey, uh, Washington's getting worse defensively. So uh, th that's really what that news does for me. Um, but any interest in the Devils here? I'm going to guess yes. Yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, ah, man, I guess, the you know, the for starters, <clears throat> I think the question on the board here is, let's say you're, you are going all in on the Devils. Does all this healthy defense coming back give you any pause to – what looks like a bit of a Luke Hughes renaissance um, as his shot rates have come way up over the past little while. Uh, I'm trying to pull up. Last game was the, yeah, the Lobdor Flyers game. Um, I'm not sure what he really did there. I watched the entire game, but I didn't really notice him shooting, I guess, a ton. Um, but his numbers going into that game were looking real ripe. Um, he had 25 minutes in that game, but again, we're going to probably get some other guys back. So is that making you nervous on 7,300 Luke Hughes? Um, so I always, holy crap, 3,700. Yeah. What I was, what I was saying about Luke Hughes was that like, you know, that there was something there, like you could obviously tell something was, was brewing, but he needed, you know, Jack, he needed his brother with him because his brother sort of takes the lid off as far as the offensive uh, upside that this team has. And so I don't really think that playing with Colin Miller, like insulates his minutes the way that say playing with like John Marino would insulate his minutes. Um, and so if Marino comes back into the lineup and doesn't replace Brendan Smith, but replaces Colin Miller, I think then I'm actually really interested in Luke Hughes, even as a one-off, but if it's going to be like Hughes Miller and then, you know, Marino's like on a one pair and, um, seeking thallers on the other, like I kind of can see a script, especially in this type of a game where they're just going defensive, defensive, you know, especially toward the second half of the game, and that his minutes get cut down to like 15, 16. Um, so that's the main thing that I'm worried about is who his partner is. If it's Colin Miller, like, yeah, I like Colin Miller, but he's not going to be insulated minutes wise. Um, and so then you're really only talking stack only with like a power play stack. Um, so, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll update you in the discord as needed. Um, but yeah, Luke Hughes is certainly a, you know, a phenomenal talent with a really good role and a really good matchup here against the Capitals. Um, pick one, New Jersey one, which I'll call the he sure brat plot line or New Jersey two, the Hughes to Foley Howla line. Uh, the Hughes to Foley Howla. Okay. Um, I, I could be convinced, but yeah, I mean, you can see this is kind of where I'm looking. You can see basically the main four dudes, um, you know, Hughes, uh, Brat, Heischer, Toffoli. Over the last 10, Jack Hughes hasn't played in all of those, but basically in the ballpark, you know, the same ballpark of one another. So I don't really think there's a wrong choice here. Um, Nico Heischer's really turned it up uh, recently, however. So maybe you go with, you know, Nico um, and Brat. I don't know. It's just something I've been noticing where he sure was not on this list. And all of a sudden he's, you know, up with his line mate in Brat and approaching Jack Hughes even. So um, I think I'm with you though. On yeah. just generally speaking, I will try to get access to Jack Hughes. Um, it's a little annoying that he's not a center. Um, just looking at the slate. Um, I feel like there's more wings yeah. that I'm interested in as is the case on most slates. Um, but you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then that, that is the top power play. Yeah. 
I was gonna say that that's the top power play right there, plus Luke Hughes. Yeah. But if you're looking at the five man, I mean, it's it's obviously getting pretty expensive, um, but it's doable. Um, no, I mean, I'm not playing Washington here. I guess we should at least mention they're playing. Um, they're gonna be in this on the other side of this matchup. Uh, it's a yeah. no for me, dog. But anything you want to? I mean, Ovi is. He finally didn't score. He's broken. Um, you know, just I think it was the second longest goal streak of his. Can I possibly be right that his? Uh, I have no, no idea. That's, that's, a good that's definitely not. That is definitely not right. But uh, in any case, he broke a six-game goal streak, and uh, no, no, I'm sad. Um, but he had a point still. You know, he still looks good. Um, he still is. Actually, he fell off of the expected fantasy point list. How sad. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing Washington here. Even John Carlson. Like I, I'm just not doing it. Um, I think there's other twenty five hundred dollar yeah. options I like better than Sonny Milano, who's playing with Max Pacioretty at five on five. So, um, you know, like I could be talked into someone playing Milano and me saying it's not a terrible play, but I just think there's other places I'll go. Um, instead, but Sonny Milano did score in his uh, reintroduction to a lineup in Montreal. So, uh, let's it, move over it was, to uh, Minnesota. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, not a you know, both these teams coming off, uh, you know, there's a back to back for both of them. Minnesota coming off the Tangle game, Winnipeg coming off a disappointing loss to uh, whoever they played. We're well, blanking out all of a sudden. Who did they lose to? Winnipeg lost today to Calgary. Calgary, yeah, yeah, they got up early and that Monahan had a hat trick. Uh, a revenge narrative hat trick, really, and then just they lost anyways. Um it, it is an expensive game. You know, Minnesota one is coming, you know, what 120 point output with a 52 from Joel Erickson Eck. Um I don't think it'll be very popular though. Like we said, it's not a very high to- team total for either of them. Um, I don't think it's it's tough. This is a tough one because it's so hard to beat him about Minnesota after that game. Uh, it's, it's very obvious where to go, though. I just don't think I'm going to be mixing in myself. I still respect Winnipeg defensively, even though they can be a bit porous. But as we see, you know, not the highest expected goals, not the highest pace game yeah. in the world. So, yeah, I'm going to probably put this one to the side. Yeah, I will say this. This uh, I have not run like today's games through, and it takes yeah. ten game samples. So, like, you know, they're probably going to be some upward movement, but. Uh, generally speaking, I mean, this game, especially the Minnesota-Vancouver one, I mean, there were a combined six expected goals. Like, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't anything crazy. Like, we talked about the Dallas-Boston game. I think there were, like, a full one and a half or two more expected goals in that one. Um, it was just, you know, everything they shot went in for a stretch. And, uh, you know, Vancouver does this offensively all the time. So there's really no surprise there. Um, so... Yeah, I think this is a clear just like, you know, usually like the field is better at not chasing the points and like, oh, well, they smashed last time. Let's check those game logs and jam, jam, jam. But usually chasing points is not chasing 60 bombs. Um, Like it's, you know, it's a little different when that happens. And so I do think that especially with Florent Bassois going for Winnipeg um, that, you know, Minnesota could get chased, you know, and it's not going to be owned if you feel really strongly about either side of this game. Like it's a six total. Um, but I don't know. Flurry's played a lot better than Gustafson as well, who is Minnesota's goalie in this one. 
And given the expected goals look dismal, I'm probably just staying away from this one. So as far as news goes, I would be surprised if Winnipeg didn't toggle something. Uh, Monaghan did score a hat trick, but you know that was partially power play driven. Um, so we'll see, though. There's really no way to know before lock uh, what they're going to do. And then for Minnesota, it's basically, I mean, is there anybody outside of the top line you would even be remotely interested in? Because for me, that answer is no. Uh, yeah, the answer is no. I mean, I, I get the Zuccarello, but that was entirely power play driven. Um, yeah, just a just a no from me all around. Okay. Um, yeah, the punts defensively, I think, are in play. Uh, we have Nate Schmidt, Zach Bogosian, each of those guys getting you know ample minutes for their below 3K price tags. I don't really understand why they're still this cheap, but like this is clearly a game you can go to for some um some relief salary wise. Like it's not great by any stretch, but um, you know, they're guys who can get you double digits 10% of the time, which is really I think all you can hope for when you're just punting off D. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm not all that interested in Winnipeg. I think it's like, you know. It's just obvious again. Like I'm just going all the way in on Kyle Connor. I think he's the only. I mean, and that's coming off a game where we just saw a hat trick from Sean Monahan, who I do think helped improves their power play. But like he's the game breaker. It's you know Velarde is under 5K and that Mark Tripley is you know 6300. It, it's affordable enough that like you could at least can you know call it crazy. But it kind of feels like you're just playing very very slightly better New York Islanders and a game that's also very bad in my opinion outside of again a one yep. game sample size sure. um you're probably not going to do it but again I, I think that it's at least mentionable um that's the only way I, way I'd go on it but I'm good to move on um to a game that I am interested in if you're ready yes we agree so take me over to Vancouver Colorado I mean it's it's Colorado here for me uh you know we, we'll talk on Vancouver but I do think that this is a I, – I just keep thinking, like, is this a spot that's going to get overlooked? Um, is this a spot that people might talk themselves out of with it being very difficult to afford some of the stacks we mentioned being, you know, I mean, like the Devils. that you know I think Dallas could get a touch of ownership. We haven't talked about L.A. yet. Florida, of course, it's kind of like you get down the list and, you, you know, you realize how are people paying for Nate McKinnon at 10K? How are people going to put Rico Ranton in at 8,300? How are people going to get in Kale McCarr at 8,200? I personally could, you know, pretty easily leave off Jonathan Duran, but at 4K, it's fine. You know, he, he can get a 6.5 for you and you can lose a slate if you want. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really interested in this three-man. There's a ton of savings we've already mentioned, a ton of options that are really good options that are punts. Um, but I think it's doable here. It's Vancouver on a back-to-back it's not entirely driven off the fact that Vancouver has been bad defensively and just getting absolutely demolished by top lines, but it certainly, you know, it goes into this. Um, but I think more than anything, I'm not sure you're going to find a better three man sack on this slate. As far as volume is concerned, Hill McCarr has been absolutely unbelievable. The shot volume has been to the moon. I mean, he is really quite on another planet right now and the reward has not been there. I mean, he has had a point in five straight games and that just is un. I can't. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I I, I saw that. And I couldn't believe it. Like, and I didn't tell me people are going to play him. And um, so we'll start there. You've already tagged JT Miller. I see him there. There is another side in this game. Um, anything you want to mention on the Colorado side first? 
Yeah. I'm having a hard time looking at a matchup with Vancouver and Thatcher Demko and saying, yep, I want to pay, you know, 18,000 for two players in McKinnon Rantanen or McKinnon McCarr. Um, like Jonathan Juin obviously doesn't do it for me. If he does it for you, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you, but it's just not for me. And I'm not sure where I would want to full on punt a stack to fit in Colorado. So like, you know, there's really not much of a reason for me to be heavily invested in Colorado here. Like, yeah, they're good, but I don't know if they're $10,000 on this slate. Good. Um, So that's my main hesitation. Like, I just don't think there's any reason to dip down to like a Colton Lekkinen wood line or anything like that either. Um, It's not like Vancouver's like really top heavy defensively. They just play a solid structure defensively. Um, And again, that didn't go away against Minnesota. They got lit up on the power play, which, you know, maybe, maybe this team is just broken without Dakota Joshua and they'll never kill another penalty again, given what Winnipeg also did to them on Saturday but I kind of think this is just two random fluke games and that even though this team is, you know, really good defensively and kind of good offensively and, you know, just way overscoring that output, I do kind of want to uh, go back to the Vancouver well here and maybe chase some GT Miller points. I mean, even before this game, he's been putting pucks on that. It's clear that the offense rolls through GT Miller and 6,800 price tag is kind of offensive to the season he's having. Um, you know, so like even set aside the hat trick, the dude has 74 points in 57 games, um, averaging well over three shots a game, like, or I guess over his last 10, he's averaging over three shots a game. Like, I'm just not sure what else we need to see for him to be like a premium, uh, pick. And you can stack him with a guy like Pia Suter, who's what, 3,400, uh, if my, yeah, my sheet's right. Um, who should be his line mate and Brock Besser at just, uh, 6,500 who yes has cooled down goal scoring wise but like people are going to be lined up and around the block potentially to play Sam Reinhart Brock Besser is basically Sam Reinhart but a thousand dollars cheaper so um, yeah I get it it's 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 not a fun matchup but we know that the underbelly of Colorado is not that good if you can just you know expose yourself to it and I do think that Vancouver will find themselves in at least a position to score some goals here in this one if not win outright so um yeah hey uh moods on the vancouver bandwagon what do you know we never thought we'd see the day but but alas here we are um yeah i think it's fine i mean i i get it for sure there's no argument because on the others it, it reminds me of a couple matches we've already talked about where we and i think you said it pretty well like colorado the underbelly is just bad and vancouver yeah. is going to roll two lines quite a bit and they're going to see it that's just going to have to happen. Yes. Um, Colorado is going to have to defend JT Miller with bad hockey players. And it doesn't go well. It hasn't all season. So I definitely two, get it. I have no problem with it. Yeah. So two final notes from me. Um, in, this, in the Minnesota game, Connor Garland got hurt middle of the second, left the game. Did return, though. Um, but keep an eye on that. You know, if you're somehow playing the third line, um, he missed like 12, 13 minutes of game time. So, you know, there could be something there if it's, especially if it's, you know, head related or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure what the element was. And also, uh, Bo Byram is 3K for Colorado. And, you know, his game logs are like, yeah, he has six points in three games. You know, who cares? Um, but then you get some reading and it's like, wait a second. He's playing on his off wing or, you know, his off side defensively. Um, and Bo Byram is the exact sort of player that I think actually benefits from playing on his off side. 
uh, meaning that he's a lefty playing on the right point. Um, and, you know, he's not going to play with Kale McCarr, but, you know, Devontae has a uh, vice grip on that spot. But Bob Byram is really, really gifted offensively. And if he's opening himself up to one-timers, to, you know, better passing lanes from that right point, at 3K, I'm at least willing to take a gamble that, like, he's found something, that he's clicked, you know, that he can change a game defensively or from the blue line. Um, so 3K for Bo Byram, I think, is a really solid yeah. one-off and a perfectly okay way to chase points. Yeah, no, I think that's fine. Um, and again, uh, if you are if you are looking at that side of things over in, uh, you know, I mean, what, if you actually did play the whole ranted in mckinnon McCarr situation, like, you're going to need punts. And if they're going to absolutely nuke, which they need to, I think you could play Poe and Byram too and say that he does get his two to three points because of passing to the likes of, uh, you know, McKinnon and Ranton and who can do the rest. So I, I, you know, I think you can make that a four man or whatever, and that makes a ton of sense. So yeah, let's move on. Final two games. I had to go play myself here in a minute. Um, We have Nashville at Vegas. and, And as you mentioned, very, very, very likely, almost, I would say, you know, 95 to 99% to Shea Theodore return to the ice. Um, and, man, do they need it in Vegas. Uh, just not, unable to kind of find the right guy to fit that top power play. Um, Pietrangelo is a great player, and he does a lot of things really well, but I think they're looking for someone that can move the puck like Shea Theodore. Bruce Cassidy was just gushing over the fact that, you know, no, yeah, I think he said there's, maybe only what a couple guys in the league that moved the puck by Shea Theodore. And I absolutely agree. Um, so him coming back, even at 6,100, I do find interesting against Nashville. Uh, so let's start there. And let's just say that you, you know, you know you're going to go with a Vegas stack. Let's just put ourselves in that mindset. What does that look like to you? Um, you know, if you're well, considering Shea Theodore. They made it very easy for us because on Monday, I'm not sure if we were expecting this. I don't think we were because even DraftKings has them both at center. Uh, William Carlson centered Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Um, You know, uh, it's not that fun because all all three of those guys kind of have really low floors. Um, Like, you know, Carlson, Stone, Stevenson, like it's it's certainly upside laden, but not uh, much of a floor. But those are three power play one correlated guys alongside Jonathan March or so. Um, and, you know, they're, they're all mid tier enough. You can easily play this as a game stack or as a four man stack with decent players around them. So I can't really think of a real reason that if I'm locking in Shea Theodore, like I'm not just going right to that top line. Um, yep. But, you know, 7K Jonathan March or so, you certainly can play. He's been very good. His line's been very good. They just weren't needed against San Jose. That's a big component. <laughs> um, they, they, you know, like sometimes shit happens. And why Barbashev, Marcheseau just was out there playing defense for most of the game because, you know, who cares? It's San Jose, whatever. This game should be a bit more up-tempo, should be a bit more fun. So I suppose you could go to the second line as well. Um, but for similar looking prices, I do think that I prefer the first first line in Vegas over uh, anything else. But ultimately, this is just play Shea Theodore because he's awesome and, you know, move on. But um, that that's kind of how I'm thinking uh, of the spot. Yep. And um, um, as you, I, I think said in so many words, but that was the first power play as well. Carlson, Dylan Stevenson, and then Marcia So with Amir Manoff, who was very, you know, I mean, I, I would say 100% likely to come out of Shea Theodore is back in the fold. So, um, yeah, yep. it's uh, that's that's Vegas for you. We summed it up very nicely. 
Uh, Nashville, you know, uh, Vegas is still a good team. Uh, it's not a team that I like to attack, but oh, you know, they have not been the same team without Eichel. They have not been the same team really without Chase Theodore. Uh, you know, it's just they're getting one of those two back. Um, Nashville, the, the one good thing about them is they've largely been the most condensed by two player team as far as like peak performances are go by. Um, Philip Forsberg is a point per game player and one of, if not, you know, the best, uh, one of the best, let's just say one of the best in the season, probably top five. Uh, I, I'm almost positive in just shot attempts per game. Um, hard to, hard to pass that up. Roman Yossi, always a popular guy, very quietly having a 50 point season and just, you know, always a double bonus candidate, but the matchup isn't great here. So any thoughts uh, on those two and then anything else on Nashville you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, Nashville uh, does not seem like they will have Tyson Berry once again. So Gus Nyquist goes from, you know, top line second power play to top line top power play. Um, so yep. you can obviously consider that. Um, Cody Glass will fill out that top unit. Uh, it seems like he'll stick alongside Colton Sissons based on uh, what we saw in practice. So really nothing new. Um, I'm not sure that I'm all that interested in like stacking but Philip Forsberg is obviously very, very good. And uh, Nyquist and Ryan O'Reilly are potential stacking options to go alongside him. Cody Glass, 3,200. It's it's risky, but you know it is what it is for a power play one job. I'm on a pretty good top power play. So, uh, yeah, that's it's yeah. it'll be in consideration for sure, um, especially if we get news that like Theodore's out or something else happened in the Monday game where uh, right. Vegas is clearly hampered. So, um, yeah, any any other thoughts by you? No, no. I mean, it's going to be a very low owned spot. Um, people still. I think so. Like to play Roman Yossi though, so maybe it touches. You know, people give it a gander, but um, yeah, you're looking at. I have no interest outside of anyone besides those two, and just putting those two together. And the Nyquist thing, I guess, is of no enough. I don't think I'm getting to our um, Ryan O'Reilly at 6200 here. Just I don't know how I'm finding that, but he hasn't been horrendous on the season. But yeah, we can move on to the final game. Um, get yes. Jan out of here. We'll start with Columbus. You had some stuff on them that you wanted to mention, if, if you still have that up. Um, yeah. It's not the best matchup in the world, I, I have to assume, but that's probably looking at the entire season and, and not really at the current. And while returning Victor Arvidsson, and you, you know, when you went through that list, only three games have been played, but Victor Arvidsson was on the list of um, it was uh, shot attempts per game. What was it? Oh, no. Shots and blocks, right? Shots yeah. and blocks. Um, so he's been a very welcomed and, and a big factor in the coming back into the fold and, and they mixed him into the top power play. And while he hasn't scored, he's had, you know, hundred shots on goal, he's blocking shots, he's doing everything you need and, and obviously just boost the team overall. Um, but is there anything on Columbus you are interested in? Because another guy on this list is Zach Wierenski, who's been fantastic. So um, I, I'm guessing that could be a guy and looking at players around him. Yeah. We're going to go that route, but um yeah, the matchup is really, really tough for Columbus. And they're, you know, it's a six and a half total, but they're plus two ten. Like they're gonna have a you know a really low total as a result of that. And I'm not sure I really disagree. So um, yeah, me right away I'm a I'm a little bit just pushed away from you know Columbus stuff in general. But if you you know if you are considering it, um their top power play will have Zach Wierenski and Adam Bokvist with Boone Jenner, Johnny Gaudreau, and it's unclear. 
uh, Jack Roslovich and Kent Johnson each flip-flopped like on that power play. So, you know, I don't really think you can play either in any case. But what I think is more interesting is that the other power play is basically the Russian line, Voronkov, Chinikov, Marchenko, Provorov, and Damon Severson. Uh, Provorov has been surprisingly, I don't know if he's been good, but he's been fantasy worthy and his price tag is just 3700 um, you know, he's, he's a guy who can get you, honestly, he can get you double, double bonus as far as shots and blocks. He can obviously go pick up power play helpers. So I think Provorov's in play in, you know, any format. And if I were to pick somewhere in Columbus, it would be to just sort of try and pick off, you know, maybe Chinikov or Marchenko, uh, you know, Voronkov and Provorov, just play a bunch of Russians on Columbus and you'll be fine. Um, yeah, but, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think Jinnikov is really, really, really underrated in the league in general. Um, you know, Marchenko starting to get a name for himself, but that Jinnikov returning in that last game, um, he only, he only missed like a game in there, but wasn't, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, like <laughs> that is a big, that's a big, you know, that's a big addition, I think, back into the fold. Um, LA, as I mentioned, they made the change in the third period or are two, you know, they kind of mixed it up as they were down two to nothing when they were trailing Pittsburgh. Um, that meant that it was Kempe, Kopitar. They went to Moore, I believe, and then Fiala to know Arvidsson. Yeah, I can't imagine that's going to change because it worked. Um, although one of the goals was Kempe kind of coming out onto the ice for the change and then Arvidsson fed him because, you know, those are their good players, so like Arvidsson and Kempe. Uh, the other one was that on a penalty kill, uh, where he scored short-handed, but still, you know, I, I think coaches are stupid enough that they don't really care. They'll just keep that going. Uh, but again, that would put, you know, more Kopitar Kempe, more not on the top power play. Um, Fiala, Dino Arvidsson, Dino not on that top power play. So kind of a couple different correlations you could look through. Third yeah, line of Byfield, Dubois, and, and LaPerriere, but yeah. Um, Pat yes. Max. And I think the only places I'm looking for in this game are, are the forward units. Uh, Brant Clark is already 4,100. Had his coming out party against Boston, uh, had multi-point game, three shots, three blocks, scored the OT winner coming out of the penalty box. Just an absolutely incredible um, game from Mr. Clark there. But 4,100, 13 minutes last game. You just can't do it. Drew Doughty sucks and was 5,100. Like, just not interested. And, um, yeah, uh, Kempe's too cheap. Trevor Moore's too cheap. Victor Arvidsson is too cheap at 5,600. Yeah. Like, Kevin Fiala, 5,400 is interesting um he finally hit a shot bonus last game it's been kind of bad so like i don't know i'm not sure how interested i am in in playing him necessarily but um yeah i mean it's it's an awful lot of fun to uh just pick a stack and go with it we should get more news from morning skate but um you know don't don't overlook the byfield dubois and laferriere line either because these guys are absolutely rolling they look really good every time they're out on the ice um, but last game, the no Arvidsson, I think had like a 90% expected goal share against Pittsburgh, just like monstrous stuff. So, yeah. um, really can't go wrong picking LA against Columbus here. There's no bad matchup. It's just differing levels of good. I think based on your personal preference, hundred percent. I mean, I'm looking at Biala Arvidsson myself. That's where I'm looking to go. Um, if I don't play Colorado, cause I don't even think it's doable, <laughs> If I, I think I can only get one and not the other, and I think I'm going to okay. definitely put them together. Uh, but I absolutely would understand why you play Kempe and, and, and Trevor Moore. And 
Honestly, at that point, I think I am just 5,300 playing on Zay Kopitar. It's a big enough slate where I think that that's just becomes a, a necessary that Kopitar has to get at least get two points there. Um, and, and, you know, if he only has two assists, is that enough at 5,300? Maybe not. I don't know. But I yeah, I guess I'm just going to hope that the explosion is big enough that LA actually wins the slate. And Columbus isn't good, so it's not undoable. But, yeah, let's get top sack. Let's get guaranteed yeah. goals. Because uh, yeah, I got to hit the road. So yes. you have a top stack you want to start with? Oh, a top stack. That I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm just gonna go right back to the Dallas well. Um, it is. I think Wyatt Johnston and Ty Delandria are probably two of the best values on the board. Um, I'm betting on we don't get Heiskanen back, so I'm just taking Harley alone. But if we do get Heiskanen back, I mean, I'm honestly interested in pairing the Heiskanen-Harley pair, you know, and just rolling that. Because without Hockenpah, without Lundqvist, um, they will still need to ride the, you know, the the top four uh, defensively. They're not going to give, you know, Petrovic or uh, Pouliot, whoever stays in the lineup, much run whatsoever. Um, So, yeah, I'm big into the Harley. All right. I mean, yeah, it, I I was kind of thinking that was the stack that you'd play with Colorado one. So I do like it a lot. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to go Colorado one because I really don't think it's going to be all that popular. Um, you can call me crazy. And you know what? Actually, I would prefer it if you called me crazy right now. I think that I'm saying that they're not going to be incredibly popular to play McKinnon. McCormick. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's brain dead. <laughs> like, they're gonna <laughs> they get played every single slate, regardless of matchup, I, and now they're going up against the team that just gave up ten goals. Like, uh, I just, I don't know. This, I'm will, excited, this, will I'm be, this will be your Mona Lisa if you manage to slip in like a nine percent Nate McKinnon or something absolutely obnoxious. Like, it's not happening. He's gonna be like twenty three percent. You know, what, the, the the problem I think is is that I'm thinking about this. I think out of the wrong lens because I do think Optos will just jam McKinnon no matter what. There's not all that much to spend up on. So I'm probably actually am going to be very wrong on this take and he's going to come in at like 19%. So, you know, now that you say it and I think that was the missing link in my brain that I was like, Oh yeah, it's opto bro night. So yeah, McKinnon's going to get jammed. Will all three together be jammed. I think people leave off my car. That's what I think just because of the recent, you know, five straight games without a point. Okay. I think McCarr gets left in the ether. So I think you're, you're going to get like 17 on McKinnon, 14 on McRantanen, and then like seven on McCarr. All right. Um, we call so... that the alpha jam. All right. So um, I will go for my second one. I'll go the other side of that game. I really do yes. feel that uh, Vancouver's in a better spot than Colorado. We know that they got the horseshoe jammed up there. Uh, so let's go with JT Miller, Brock Besser, and uh, Pia Suter, and just say, "Yep, we'll take a mid-tier stack and uh, let you know, just beat all the Colorado donkeys into the ground when they lose six to two or something." You know what? I'm, I mean, at this point, I've already basically said there's only really one stack I like that you could pair with Colorado one, and you fed them already. So with that being said, I'm going to pair some another team with the stack that you just said that I think could work uh, without too much of a struggle, and that would be. Jack Hughes with Tyler DeFoley and Mr. Uh, Luke Hughes. Uh, so I think those three, and there's plenty of punts that could make, I think that full lineup work. So you know what? I'm going to be looking really smart when I take two premium, extremely expensive stacks. Oh, you actually made bold takes. Uh, so yeah, thank you for allowing me to do that. I'm going to, I found stacks to pair with both of yours. 
That's the teamwork that makes a dream work. But what also is a good teamwork that will also be making dreams come true and also work is our guaranteed goals. Uh, last time, I believe we were, I think we were two for two, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say we were two for two and two. I, I'm, I think I, I'm right. I think Cage scored and Lafreniere scored and um, Coleman didn't. Again, that Calgary game, I don't believe. And I just erased it. But my other guy, I'm pretty sure sucked. So we're going to say that, and I'm not okay. going to double-check it. Perfect. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I will go with um, I will go with Mark Stone. Oh. I, you know, it, it is funny because, like, I love that line, and then if you ask me, like, all right, Dundad, which one of those three is scoring? I'd be like, oh, yeah, they got to do that part. Shake the order. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. It's somebody like, has I to love shoot. It. You know, I love that line. Um, God, yeah, no, that's a that's interesting. I mean, there is no one, there's no, there's no way I wasn't going to take Victor Arvidsson. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take Arvidsson. I think that puts us in the same exact category, essentially. Um, but, but that's yes, okay. it does. All right. Um, Are you going to take Arvidsson? No, no, no. Like I okay. can't afford Arvidsson, but we're in the exact same range after that. Um, uh, Fun. Yeah, let's go with uh, Gabe Vlardy, 4,900. Okay, we Arvidsson was 56. Yeah. Um, I could, yeah, I could, I could run Joe Pavelski. He wasn't in your stack. This feels like an old right. Joe, Joe Pavelski situation. I feel All like, right. uh, it's not, it's, it ain't hints and J Rob can't, uh, yeah, no, Joe Pavelski. There it is. Okay. We will, uh, We'll see you all in the lobbies. I mean, what a what a slate. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Pod. I am at Fake Moods. DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. Um, there is a link to my newsletter in the uh, show notes. If you missed my write-up for Monday, you can you know read that, see where my head was at before the slate. Um, I plan to review the Monday slate uh, pretty much after we record right now. And uh, I will also review the Tuesday slate um you know with with the 200k top prize winner you know breakdown and everything going into the slate and how the slate unfolded and you know all that good stuff so uh dj any thoughts before you go oh i guess i should say the name it's it's primary points and again it's it's in you know it's on beehive it's in the description so please check it out and it's on my twitter so dj um yeah last note puck puck we got the shot profiler back um the more like aesthetic view over look of the site's going to be coming. Um, but a lot of things are kind of updated, including the lineups. Um, so you can see the lines, like for the, all the teams with power play, it, it, it looks a lot better now, but more to come on that. Um, but yeah, definitely fucklock.com, um, code MSP, that works out. Um, oh, that's for underdog. I, just... I, I don't think the affiliate code works yet for, for that part of the things, but uh, the, it does work for underdog. If you want to go on underdog and, okay. and draft, I'll probably be there. But yeah, I got to so hit the it's road. It's only been a year. It's only been a year. Who cares? Um, all right. Let's get out of here. DM one of us if you want in the Discord. Uh, I saved some people on Matt Duchesne earlier, so you're welcome. Uh, if you want anything with Wyatt Johnson, you know, you just ask me. I'll give you my Venmo. And uh, let's close things out. So uh, from Doug, from DJ, from myself, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring the show. I almost, I almost screwed that up. Um, and yeah, from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good slate, everybody, and we will see ya.